The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The shepherds went in haste to Bethlehem and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known the message that had been told them about this child. All who heard it were amazed. But what had been told them by the shepherds? And Mary kept all these things reflecting on them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. When eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. The Gospel of the Lord. You guys may disagree with me, but I dare say I have the best mom in the entire world. And I really mean that because she's, she's, I couldn't have asked for a better mom to be given. God a gift to me, this, this tremendous gift, such a warming, loving heart, because I have no doubt in the world that when I walk out into it, that I am loved. And I think that's the greatest gift you can give your children, to know that you're loved. But one of the things why my mom is better than your moms is that... <laughs> She gifted me faith. I remember as a kid, she would drag me to adoration when I was maybe nine or ten. But she didn't. She dragged me because she says she, she would always go to St. Joseph Parish there in El Grove. And she would say, Brian, I want you to come with me because it's scary to be all alone in a big church. And so I'll go with her. It's like, sure thing. And then she'd go to the front. Oh, she's always kneel in the front. She'd pray. And that's in the back, of course. And I just, I, before I, I'd pray, I'd say, Our Father and Hail Mary. And then I'd start just doing random stuff around the church. You know, you're a kid, you can't, your attention span is like this big, huh? But that habit of going to the church with my mom, a little did I know it, but she was inculcating into me the habits of prayer. You see, my mom wasn't always a faithful woman. She had a deepening of her faith when she was probably a young mom, probably in her 30s. To this very day, she lives like a monk now that she's retired, <laughs> like a nun. It's a strict, stringent prayer routine. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. And I remember once she shared a story with us when she was a young mother. She had a dream. And I think I've shared the story before, but it's worth repeating, on, especially on this beautiful solemnity of the mother of God. She said that when she wasn't quite on fire with love for the Lord, she had a dream. It was this beautiful grassy meadow. And in this grassy meadow, there was a tree in the middle. And on this tree was sitting Mary and Joseph, or Mary and Jesus, excuse me. So Mary and Jesus were on the tree, just, I don't know, I guess they're hanging out, sitting on a branch or something. Jesus climbed trees, like, apparently. And so as she's slowly walking towards the tree with Mary and Jesus, one word was spoken to my mother by Mary as Jesus looked on. And Mary, looking at my mother, spoke in our native language because in the philippines there's tons of different dialects tons of different dialects this is just one language there's tons of different variations of it speaking our particular dialect it's called ilocano she says to my mother one word 
anak, which means translated, it's a warm, uh, tender word, which means daughter. Daughter. And that story reminded me of, of, a, of a similar situation in 1531. Remember when Our Lady Guadalupe appeared to say Juan Diego? Our Lady Guadalupe didn't speak Spanish to him. She spoke the native language there. Nahuatl, the Aztec language. And she told Juan Diego when the moment of doubt said to him, Am I not your mother? And why the different variation of language? Because as we all know, language speaks to the heart. When you speak in, a, in your native language, it, it, it touches the soul as opposed to a foreign language. And from that moment on, my mother began to grow in her faith to this very day, and she instilled that same faith. And what, why I say my mother is better than yours is that my mom taught me that I am a son. Read now in the second reading today. St. Paul writing, brothers and sisters, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, our, our blessed mother, born under the law to ransom those under the law so that we might receive adoptions as sons. Why did Jesus Christ become born? It's so that we can become sons in the son. In that ancient church father pithy statement, you and I become sons and daughters in the son because Christ has taken on our human flesh. So we become now our deepest identity, our deepest value, sons and daughters of God. And why am I emphasizing this? Because we are always in danger of forgetting our deepest identity. Because what does our world tell us that our deepest value is? It's how you look, how big your house is, how much money you have, and your job title, or seeking power and pleasure. And as our social media, uh, yeah, with New Year's, and much of the social media are people taking shots, celebrating New Year's, ah, New Year's. Uh, let's celebrate New Year's by getting drunk. If I were to ask those same people, what's your deepest identity? I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's my money, my job title. I guess it's, it's bodily pleasure. I guess that's my, my deepest identity. No. You and I now, as we begin this new year, have a mission before us. Let me just kind of set the stage for you all. When you, when you walk outside those doors, guess what you're walking into? You're walking into a battlefield with bodies strewn all over the place. But they're not dead bodies, they're dead souls. The vast majority of people have no idea who they are. And so they just buy into whatever, they told, whatever they're told. Oh, I guess money, power, pleasure, honor, sex, rock and roll. I guess that's who I am. I, I guess that's what I do. You and I, sons and daughters of the Most High God, now must go out into the world and remind people their identity. Mary has appeared tremendous in uh, numerous times throughout the church history. Our Lady of Lords in the 19th century, Our Lady Guadalupe, of course, 1531, Our Lady of Fatima, 1917, Our Lady of Quebejo, Our Lady of all these different Marian apparitions that have been approved by the church. Why does Mary keep coming? It's the same message. Tell humanity about my son so they may recognize who they are. 
Because my poor people, they are lost. They are bought into the lie of Genesis. And so you and I now who, who know who we are, sons and daughters in the sun, now must go out into the world and tell everybody who they are. And it will be a freeing message. Our blessed mother is a mother who wears combat boots, as one speaker said. I love that image, Our Lady, because Our Lady kicks butt. She steps on the heel of Satan. And you and I now must do the same. Shout it everywhere you go. Free people from their chains. They have no idea that they're even slaves. Free these poor people. Bring them to their son. And help them know that we are sons and daughters of this most high God. And I'll end here. So that you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then also an heir through God. You see, my mother taught me that lesson. Changed my life. And that's why I dare say she's better than your mom. <laughs>